Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to your Valentine's Views podcast for Friday. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. If you're watching on YouTube, please like, share, and subscribe. And if you're listening across the Big Blue View radio network, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, listen, a Thursday was a really, really busy day for your New York Giants. We're going to talk about that a little bit on today's show. And we're also going to play an interview that I did Recently, with Arkansas center Ricky Stromberg, player who's considered a potential mid-round pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, player who could be on the Giants' radar if they don't get a center in round one or round two. Uh, Stromberg's a guy that could be uh, an early day three type candidate to be selected. So we'll get a chance to talk to him here shortly. But before we do that, wanted to uh, talk about some of what happened on Thursday and pretty much where the Giants stand as we end the second week of free agency and really turn our full attention to the upcoming 2023 NFL draft. Thursday, The Giants made three small one-year signings. They signed veteran wide receiver Jamison Crowder. They signed tight end Tommy Sweeney. And they signed cornerback Amani Oruwariye. Oruwariye. Yes, I'm going to have to practice how to pronounce that one, but uh, that is how you pronounce it. It's Amani Oru Warie. So three signings for the Giants on Thursday and uh, did a piece at Big Blue View kind of looking at uh, at how each of those signings impacted the roster, might impact the upcoming draft. And uh, let's go through that just a little bit here. The uh, The name that people know in the New York, New Jersey area is Jamison Crowder, guy who spent uh, a few years with the New York Jets, guy who's been a moderately successful NFL wide receiver, played in only four games last year for the Buffalo Bills, guy who uh, has experience as a receiver and has had success in the league doing that, guy who has experience as a punt returner, something that might give him a leg up on a roster spot as the Giants appear to have moved on from last year's primary punt returner, Richie James, who was also a wide receiver, uh, caught a team high, you know, 57 passes a year ago and and appears to be uh, in need of of a new home for the 2023 season. Crowder's a guy that could, uh, could, 
emerge as a potential punt returner for the Giants in 2023. Joins a group of wide receivers that the Giants have added. Paris Campbell from the Indianapolis Colts. Jeff Smith, former New York Jet, a guy who uh, is probably really a special teams player for the Giants in 2023 if he makes the roster, probably mostly depth. As a, as a wide receiver, and his impact will more likely be felt on special teams. But I've also found it interesting this week that as the Giants have made their way around to some of these pro days, the Giants sent, I think it was nine people to the Ohio State Pro Day earlier this week, largely to look at Ohio State wide receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba, had dinner with Smith and Jigba, also had a report that Thursday night the Giants were having dinner with Boston College wide receiver Zay Flowers, a personal favorite of mine in the upcoming 2023 NFL draft. And the uh, the takeaway for me from, from those dinners is that the Giants are not ruling out taking a wide receiver in round one of, of the upcoming draft particularly and we don't know how the giants have have uh, have set their draft board or will set their draft board but it's kind of a tell that they are interested in guys like smith and jigba and flowers that they would take them out to dinner that uh, that gm joe shane head coach brian dayball are at those pro days so perhaps wide receiver is still in play at 25 if a guy that the Giants have clearly identified as a player they they would like to work with and would have a plan for is available at 25, more likely, though, I think that what the Giants have done here with one-year deals for Campbell, a one-year deal for Crowder, bringing back Sterling Shepard to see if he has anything left on a one-year deal, giving Darius Slayton a two-year deal, I really think that what the Giants have done here is set themselves up to where they could look elsewhere at 25 unless something unexpected like Smith and Jigba falling to 25 happens in the draft. They have set themselves up to where they could look on day two or day three for wide receiver help to supplement that room. A guy like Tyler Scott, who we talked to for the podcast the other day, a guy like uh, A.T. Perry, a guy like Tank Dell from Houston might be a guy that that intrigues the Giants, although he's he's only 163 pounds or 66 pounds, I think. But he's a guy with tremendous separation ability, tremendous ability once he catches the football. So I, I think the Giants are going to supplement that group in the draft but I think it's more and more unlikely that they do it in round one, despite these these dinners that they had with Smith and Jigba and Flowers. I think really when the Giants look at this draft, they haven't signed a center in free agency. They've lost both Nick Gates and John Feliciano. I think that the likelihood of drafting someone like Wisconsin's Joe Tipman who continues to rise up draft boards and and get more and more um, 
notice as a potential first round pick or John Michael Schmitz from Wisconsin, who's been the number one center on most draft boards for a while now. The likelihood of doing something like that at 25, I think, has increased dramatically the way that free agency has worked out. I still expect the Giants to sign a a stopgap veteran center guy that's at least got some starting experience at the position to at least hold down the fort while they develop a young player. I mean, they could turn to Ben Bredesen or even Shane Lemieux if they are unable to sign a player, but I think uh, I would much prefer to see them get a guy who's got some real experience playing the position to at least hold down the fort temporarily and then draft a young player who would take over, if not uh, from the beginning of the season, at least at some point during the season. So we'll see how that plays out. The other thing that could happen with the Giants is I think uh, they're in a position where there are several top-tier cornerbacks in this draft. The Giants could easily take a player like Deontay Banks of Maryland Keely Ringo of Georgia, Cam Smith of South Carolina, Smith being another player that the Giants reportedly had dinner with before his uh, his pro day. So I think that that's another position that sets up as a possibility for the Giants. And that brings me to uh, to talking about Oruwarie. And the the thing there is he has had a couple of years of starting experience with the Detroit Lions. He's a guy that has a lot of characteristics in terms of size at 6'2", 205, decent speed, decent arm length, the ability to pray, to play some press coverage. He has a lot of characteristics, I think, that Giants defensive coordinator Wink Martindale would be attracted to. I think that as of right now, before the draft, before we get into OTAs and all of that, I would guess that if you built a Giants depth chart, Oruwarie would be the starting outside cornerback opposite of Adoree Jackson. Aaron Robinson might win that job. A, uh, a draft pick might come in and take that job. But my guess right now is that that's an under-the-radar maybe underappreciated signing of a player who's only been in the league for four years, had some success, had six interceptions and 11 passes defensed in 2021. A guy who who could come in and play a role for the Giants on defense there. The third signing was Tommy Sweeney, a player that Joe Shane and Brian Dable were both uh, – aware of from their days in Buffalo. Shane, of course, part of the front office that drafted Sweeney in, uh, I think, three years ago, probably 2020. Um, and Daybowl, of course, coached Sweeney as offensive coordinator in Buffalo. This is a young man who's a blocking tight end, guy who probably is an upgrade over Chris Myrick, over Nick Vanette, over those kinds of players. It could play a role. The Giants also have Lawrence Cager as a pass receiving option at tight end. So uh, as a third tight end, in addition to Daniel Bellinger and uh, and Darren Waller, of course, who the Giants swung that big trade for last week. So really, when I look at those three signings, what the Giants are doing here is they're using the one year contracts. They're using 
They're, they're probably not spending guaranteed money on any of these. They're veteran salary benefit contracts, most likely, that give the players a little bit of extra money that doesn't count against the salary cap. They're bringing in depth. They're bringing in competition. They're bringing in options. They're filling out their 90-man roster. They still have probably 20 spots left on the 90-man roster to fill, including the draft picks, including undrafted free agents. So we could see a few more moves like this, but I don't think that anything the Giants did on Thursday really and truly impacts anything that they might do in the draft. You know, in a vacuum, those three picks aren't going to stop the Giants from from drafting a cornerback or from drafting a wide receiver or from drafting a tight end on day three if they if there's somebody sitting there on the board who they really, really like. So just interesting depth signings, guys who, who might play a role for the Giants in 2023. If you think about 2022, Joe Shane signed a lot of players like that. One-year deals, uh, veteran salary benefit deals, minimum contracts, and got a lot of production from from guys on those kinds of deals. So could be looking at uh, at that kind of thing again. I think last year you got production out of a guy like Richie James. You got Fabian Moreau produced for the Giants on a deal like that. Uh, Landon Collins came in, you know, later in the year and, and and produced a little bit. Some of the other you know wide receiver types who came in and and, and played played a role even Lawrence Cager who came in and played a role but there were a lot of guys who came in on minimum salary one-year deals came in during camp after camp and and played a role for the Giants and that's the kind of thing I think that the Giants are doing here with some of the deals that they announced on Thursday all right what I'd like to do right now is take a quick break for our a word from for a word from our sponsors and when I come back you'll hear the interview that I did with Arkansas Center Ricky Stromberg. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Giants fans, as we get closer and closer to the 2023 NFL Draft, I like to get the opportunity to uh, speak with some of the young men who are uh, waiting to find out about their NFL futures here in a few weeks. And today I'm joined by Arkansas Center Ricky Stromberg. Ricky, thank you very, very much for uh, spending some time with me today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So uh, let's let's just let's just start with this. I mean, this is a once in a lifetime process, once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, just what has this been like for you since the end of the season, the whole the whole draft process? Yeah, it's been awesome. It's been it's been definitely a dream come true, but it's been really cool to, you know, go to the Shrine game and um, the Shrine Bowl. That was really fun, meeting all these players, you know, going through the same process, you know, being coached by a staff, Patriot staff, 
And uh, the whole process has been really fun, especially going down the train. You meet new people where you go train. You're meeting new people. We're making new friends, which is really nice. And then headed on to the combine, it was it was an awesome experience. So it's been nothing but fun. It's, it's a little stressful, yeah, but it's been more fun than stressful to me. Where'd you train? I trained up in uh, or down in uh, uh, Fort Worth. It was called uh, APEC. Okay. Okay. And, uh, and, and how did you, uh, how did you enjoy the combine? Did you, did you like the way that went? Did you like the way that you, that you were performed there? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I enjoyed the combine a lot. I, I liked the, I liked the way I performed. I liked how the interviews went. I liked how, I liked how it all went for me. Uh, I felt good about it. And also, like I, like I said, I enjoyed it. It was, it was, it was extremely fun. It was a dream come true. And you know, how is that, how is that interview process? I know all of that, sort of behind the scenes stuff is stuff that 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 fans don't get to see that media doesn't get to see but the reality of it is that stuff is is as important if not more important than, than anything else in the entire process so i'm just curious what all of that was like yeah so i found out i found out my so there was formal interviews and there's informal interviews right i found out you find out your schedule if you have formal interviews like three or four days before you even take off. So uh, I knew what teams I was meeting with formerly. Um, and uh, so I, I had a, uh, we got in and it wasn't really like the day you get in, you don't do much. You just kind of check in. And then the next day is your interview, your big interview day. Um, that's what the starts the interviews. And I had six of them. Um, I was pretty nervous for the first one, but you know, as I got talking, you know, it all kind of came out naturally. I felt good about it, but the interview process is, Formally, it's the head coach, uh, position coaches, uh, owner, GM. You know, they couldn't be there. Sometimes they're there. Sometimes they're not. It just depends. But uh, it's a cool process. It's it's definitely it's stressful, but it's it's cool. It's really cool. Um, I think I think it was the most important part. That's so that's what I've heard at least is it's the most important part in the combine is that and your medical. So and it's stuff you don't see on TV. So. Well, that's that's the time I would think when teams get to know more about you guys than they than they can learn from from watching the film, right? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, they 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 like it depends on what they want to meet with you with. I know I met with the Steelers and we didn't watch any film. We just they just want to get to know me, my, uh, mm -hmm. my mindset as a player, and those type of things. But then my next meeting was with Jacksonville and we watched film. So it mm -hmm. just depends on what they want to meet with you for. You, uh, you know, I, I have to ask since my site uh, deals with the Giants, is was the Giants on uh, on your list of teams that that you met with in in either place? Uh, no, I haven't. The only time I met with the Giants was during our like rotational interviews at the Shrine Game, but I didn't. I didn't meet. I don't think I met with them at the. No, I did. I, I met with the online coach uh, informally, actually, um, the night before we did our uh, our combine workout. Okay. But I didn't have any formals with the Giants or anything. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny because it's tricky sometimes. You you think, I know that you know just from past experience. You think that, well, if you didn't meet with this team, you know, then 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 that's not a team that's probably going to draft me. But it sometimes doesn't work out that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've like that's funny you say that because I've heard story. I, I, there was a guy. Um, he told me that he went to the combine and he talked to two teams and he never talked to the Lions at all. And then mm -hmm. he said he got drafted in the third round. I think it's like two thousand. 15 around that area uh he got drafted to the lions in the third round and he was he's like confused he's like wow like i never talked to these guys before. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's uh it, it's a whirlwind <laughs> of a process i assume um i wanted to talk to you a little bit about about your background you know and just looking at your background and, and studying your background arkansas was the only 
you know, big time power five school that, that offered you a, a scholarship? Yes. Yeah. I had, uh, I had some other offers. They were smaller divisions. They weren't, uh, power five schools. Um, but I had a, I had like nine of those, but Arkansas offered me a day before signing day. Um, so I, I took it and ran with it. And, uh, obviously that worked out really well for you. Yeah, that worked out. Yeah. It was a blessing. It definitely worked out really well. It was a blessing that I got that offer too, because it's only two hours away from my hometown. So it's like, it's an easy drive for my family and my parents to come up and see the game. So it, it worked out amazing. Nice. And you stayed there, you stayed there all four years. Um, you know, there's there's all the NIL stuff going on now and the transfer portal, and I'm sure you saw some guys at Arkansas kind of come and go. Um, was it ever a thought for you to go anywhere other than Arkansas once you were there? No, uh, <clears throat> I would say, actually, I mean, there was a little hiccup, you could say. Uh, I, I, got, I got recruited by Chad Morris. He got fired in November of 2019, and then Coach Pitt came in, and I didn't know much about it. Or I knew I knew some about it, <clears throat> not much though. But uh, I thought maybe he was going to try to you know bring his uh, you know bring transfers in from Georgia, bring the guys with him, you know. So I think maybe I thought I thought he was going to try to run us out, but he didn't. But so I went and talked to him, and I, I had a uh, I had a uh, I wasn't too sure on it, but I was like I kind of I I almost did I guess transfer, but I I really didn't because I, I never really did. But I was I, I say I was like. 40%. Like you, it, so. you thought about it. I suppose it's one of those things with the opportunity. I think it's, you probably have to think about it some. Yeah. I was just thinking maybe like, you know, he's going to bring in cause we, cause we were small offensive line. Whenever he got mm -hmm. there, we were all playing. I was playing at like two seven, two eighty. Other mm -hmm. guys were playing at two nine. Like I, I think we had like a couple guys breaking 300. So it was like, we were small and he, he liked the big guys, you know, that can move. So mm -hmm. I thought, okay, he's going to maybe throw us to the side here. So maybe the opportunity to go, but you mm -hmm. know, it, it stayed and it worked out. So, mm -hmm. and did you win? I think is it called the the? I don't have the the name of the award in front of me. Is it the the Jacobs Award for being the best blocker in the SEC? Is that what it's yeah, called? Yeah, like Jacobs Blocking Trophy. I had no idea what it was when I won it. The funny thing mm -hmm. is, somebody called me who played there formerly. Was like, hey, like that's a big deal, blah blah. And you know, it turned out it was it was really cool. I was I, I was blessed. That was awesome. But I had no idea what it was either at first. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, you know there's a lot of good offensive linemen in uh, in the conference, so that that had to make you feel pretty good. Yeah, no, definitely. <clears throat> I, yeah, definitely made me feel really good. Um, that was it was it was cool. It was really cool. One thing I, I I wanted to ask you about, you know, doing some some research on you, and I saw um, you have a verse from Joshua one nine on your Instagram page. And I'm just curious. It says, you know, be strong and courageous. Don't be, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. You know, for the Lord, your God will be with you wherever, you know, wherever you are. Um, I'm just curious what that means to you, what your faith means to you. Yeah. Uh, that like, that's something that I try to take with me everywhere. Honestly, uh, like before every game, Every game in college, uh, I would go to the, I would run out and go to the end zone and, and just pray for strength, and I'd pray for no injury for any team or for any mm -hmm. for the opponent or our team. But I, mm -hmm. I try to take it with me, you know, to football, to, you know, just my daily life, really, because I know, like, like mm -hmm. without him, like I would, I would not be here at all, like truly. So that's how that's how I really feel about it. 
Nice. Nice. I'm curious, you know, one of the things that I like to do, I know you guys, you do what you do and, and you know what, what kind of film you've, you've put out there, but anybody and everybody does scouting reports on players, you know, leading up to the draft. And, and I'm just curious, sometimes I like to read the little bits of scouting reports to players and I'm going to read you just a, a paragraph out of a, a scouting report from the 33rd team, which which um, has some guys that actually used to work in the league that do these reports, and I'm just curious for your for your reaction to to this little bit of this scouting report, if if you don't mind. Yeah, it says uh, Ricky Stromberg is a high motor player who works hard to finish. Sometimes his motor will work against him, and he can play out of control. He has quickness out of his stance and works to win by getting to his spot first. He can struggle when he has to engage with big physical players and talented defensive linemen can get hands on him and throw him off course. Um, so there's there, there's good and bad in there. I'm just curious what, what you think of, of that. Yeah, I mean, I actually think it's pretty accurate um, when I was listening to it. Um, I think I think sometimes I do – I think me playing – sometimes I think I do play not too fast, but like the high motor part they're talking about, I think sometimes that does get me off balance, you know, in mm-hmm. certain situations. Uh, but the blocking guys who are talented, uh, I agree and disagree. Uh, I agree some – I guess sometimes like people who get their hands on – people who can get their hands on me first sometimes, you know, and that's in football in general. They get your hands on your first – if they get their hands on you first, they can control mm-hmm. the block. Um so that's just them being a good player, like hitting me with their striking me in the chest with their hands first before I can get to them. But uh, you know, I've played I've played against talented guys in the SEC for the past four years, and I've said I've had my fair share of wins and my fair share of losses. But I agree with mm-hmm. it. But I I also yeah. disagree because I've I've played against some really good guys and I've had my wins too. So some of that some of that's just you know these are these are talented guys and sometimes they're going to win. Yeah, I played against like I can name off. Two off the top of my head is Derek Brown from Auburn, uh, and he won for sure. That was my freshman year. <laughs> played against Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt. You know, I played against guys like that. So I, you know, I've seen good talent. Um, I didn't see much bad talent on the SEC. I'll tell you that, but I've seen some really good talent. And I think though playing over playing those guys for the past four years, it makes you so much better. It makes you so much more experienced. You get used to that quickness, the use of that speed, that strength. Um, so yeah. Yeah, for for an offensive lineman, you know, would you say that that the SEC is just about the best, you know, preparation for the NFL you know, that you can get? I would say, I would say so. Um, I don't, I, I would say so for sure in the trenches. That's why I play. Um, I couldn't, I don't, I couldn't speak for any other position because I, no, I'm not out there, you know, running in space mm-hmm. with those guys. But uh, yeah, hundred percent the trenches. I would say SEC is like kind of the mini NFL in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets you a lot, I and mean, that's where you find out. I think if you're, you know, if, if you can, you know, go play in the league or not. Um, but I say it definitely gets you prepared. Yeah, there's there's guys that I've gone against that, you know, they're like Fonte Wyatt, Jordan Davis, like those type of guys. Like you know, you have to, you got to watch a little extra film on them. You got to find some <clears throat> like weaknesses they have. You know, do they give away? Do they give away signs in their stance or, you know, what they mm-hmm. do schematically, and you know how you can you know beat that. Uh, mm-hmm. so, yeah, Good players, good players. Yeah. yeah. If if you're pitching yourself to an NFL team, what do you tell them about? You know why you know you're the guy to come in and and maybe be their center. You know for the you know for the future. You know why? 
you know, why should they, you know, if they're looking for a center, like, for example, I know the Giants could use one. They haven't had a, a guy start back-to-back years <laughs> at center since about 2017. So it's kind of interesting. But if, if you're pitching yourself to an NFL team, you know, what reasons do you give them? Yeah, uh, everything I say, I just say that's truth, truthfully and honestly how I feel about myself, and that's, it's it sounds repetitive maybe to some teams, but I just say it's how I feel. But I say like uh, I have great football knowledge, I have great football IQ of the game. Um, I can see things before they're happening. Uh, that's also you know dedicated that to watching film too, watching a lot of film, knowing the game, playing the game a while. Uh, my physical play. Um, that's something you, I think you, in the SEC, you definitely had to have. You had, if you didn't play physical, you were going to get put on your butt. So uh, my physical play and then my passion for the game, those are the three things I always preach. Uh, I'm very passionate about the game. It's not about, yeah, the, obviously the, you know, the NFL, the money side's great, you know, definitely. But that's not the whole sole reason I'm, you know, playing. I'm playing because I think I love the game. So it's, I, when, I, I preach those three things. When did you start playing? Kindergarten. Wow. Nice. Cool. Nice. After uh, me in get a kindergarten with this, I was playing up with second graders. <laughs> were you really? Yeah. You said your dad threw you in that way or, or no, there... I also want to start playing super young. So he, 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 his friends at the time that lived in Tulsa, they still live there, but in Tulsa, Oklahoma, their kids were two years older than me. So he's like, you know, my, and my dad, you know, through growing up, he always wanted me to be tough and fire off the ball and be physical player. So, Second kindergarten, I was thrown in with the second graders, and uh, we're doing Oklahoma <laughs> drill and stuff. And they had this kid named Jordan Starks, um, and he would hit the hell out of people. And I was I was terrified of him, but <laughs> through that at a young age, I think helped me a little bit. <laughs> how many times? How many times did he put you on your backside? <laughs> well, just in the Oklahoma drill, like I I can remember a time in the kindergarten, I was actually I started crying. I was so scared to go against him. I I, I got out of the line, and my dad's like, "No, get your ass." Sorry, but get your butt back That's in right. there. And uh, <laughs> I want to guess, and you know, he hit me hard. But uh, that, you know, that I think only helped me. Yeah, just uh, you. So you had the passion for the game, and you were willing to take that at you know at that age. And and it, I'm, I'm assuming that taught you some toughness and and what it was yeah. going to take to succeed. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah, that and growing up with my brothers too, uh, we would go go down. We always go down to the park, and they would bring football pads and they would just try to whack the hell out of me. I, I just you got, old, you got, you got older brothers. You got older oh, brothers. Yeah. I got two older you're, brothers. Yeah. You're, so you're the youngest of the three. Uh, youngest of four. I got a sister too. Youngest, older. Oh, youngest of four. So, yeah. uh, so they, so they, so they like to knock you around a little bit too. Yeah. When I was younger. Yeah. No, that's what we did growing up. We go to the, go to the park, you know, play football out there. And you know, it's like, we'd have, we'd play basketball down the park and they get real physical between, all of us. So I feel like that's just kind of like what we did growing up. And I think, again, that's like helped me, you know, going through sports and going through adversity and stuff like that. I assume there came a point in time where they stopped trying to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because yeah, there's me and me and my uh, middle brother, his name's Tim. We're really close, really, really close. Uh, yeah. There was a time he did stop. He, 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 we got a little wrestling match not too long ago. I think like, two years a year or two years ago and i was finally able to i finally beat him beat him for the first time <laughs> yeah so 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 now he so now he leaves you alone yeah I think so. yeah they're 
way way back in the day there there came a point in time where i learned to leave my little brother alone too so yeah, <laughs> yeah so so i'm familiar um do you did you happen to root for an nfl team growing up yeah yeah uh i was a huge chicago bear fan uh, my dad my parents are from chicago my dad's from elk grove my mom's from prospect heights uh mm-hmm. they met at walter payton's bar in chicago so it just that's how we grew up is we all grew up huge, huge bear fans growing up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, so if you happen to wind up, uh, you know, playing for a team that has to play against the bears, that's going to be a little conflicting for the folks in, uh, in your family, huh? No, not, a, no, not at all. I, they, my parent, my family's great. You know, where, wherever I go, they're going to support me. So they're, they're not worried about that. It would just be mm-hmm. an extra, like, it'd just be cool if it was the bears, you know, but my parents mm-hmm. support wherever I go and I'm grateful for wherever I go. There you go. I, I know that this is something you can't control and 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 all of that, but do you do you have any inkling how early, how late you might go in the draft? Uh, any anything like that? I mean, I've heard any. I've heard grades from a late second all the way to sixth round, so I have no idea. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. just trying to put the best showings, like like at the combine now for pro day. I want to I want to show that you know I'm I'm trying to gain a little bit more weight. Because um, mm-hmm. I was three in the combine, I want to be like 310, 311 mm-hmm. around that area. My playing weight, and mm-hmm. I want to show I can still move, and you know that I'm in shape, and you know I'm I, I've taken this serious. So uh, yeah, was there was there anything you did at the combine, you know, numbers wise, testing wise, other than the weight? Was there anything you did, and you're like, you know, I I can do better than that. I really want to I really want to put up a better number at the pro day. Yeah, I mean there was I mean I was very happy with my numbers, but also I feel like I could have got a little bit more you know mm-hmm. uh but that's something i'm not gonna mess with you know i feel i feel good about them uh, i think teams like them so i think you know i i, I would only and i wouldn't hurt myself doing it again but there's no point to do it again i, I didn't do the right. agility stuff because we went through drills and i'll be honest with you i was i was everyone was so gassed from the drills um mm-hmm. so i didn't want to a bad time so i'm doing the l l drill and the uh shuttle drill at uh pro day and then cool. obviously some drills Cool. Hey, Ricky, I appreciate your time. Best of luck to you. Hope things work out. And and, and if uh, if you somewhat surprisingly hear your name called by the Giants, then uh, hopefully I'll get to talk to you sometime this summer. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks to Ricky Stromberg for uh, giving us some time, for telling us a little bit about his uh, his journey to the NFL so uh, we always try to give you guys uh, some insight into some of these young men. And, you know, we've talked to several guys, including Tyler Scott, the other day. So hopefully we're giving you guys an opportunity to learn a little bit more about some of these guys who, who might be New York Giants here in a few in a few weeks. So uh, hope you guys enjoyed that interview. I know I enjoyed talking to Ricky. All right, Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please remember to stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.